Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we have a very special Thanksgiving episode. Um, just a little bit of, of quick prelude here. Uh, you know, I am actually putting this episode out on Thanksgiving Day. It is between the, the game that we had against Marquette and the one that's coming up against Tennessee. This episode is mainly dedicated, though, to the upcoming Texas game. Uh, I actually have... Uh, I was able to get on Gerald Goodrich from uh, the Longhorn Podcast to come and talk to us about the game. So we are we are definitely going to go ahead and get that done for you. Um, I'll get over that in just a minute, though. Just uh, some real quick recap. Last night, Kansas did play Marquette, was able to win that game. Um, you know, it was a little rough at first. They were down big at the half, uh, just barely barely within double digits. It was, it was a nine-point deficit for them at the half. Um, came storming back, scored, I believe it was the first – uh, 22 points of the half or something crazy like that, and then Cruz do a win. So they will play Tennessee coming up. Um, as we talked about on the last podcast, you know, that's going to be a tough matchup for them. Tennessee is a pretty good team. So, um, But we will go ahead and get you guys right on over to the interview now uh, with, with Gerald. And I'm joined now by Gerald Goodridge from the Longhorn Republic podcast, and also he's the contributor over at Burnt Orange Nation, the SB Nation site that covers the Texas Longhorns. Gerald, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. Getting ready for a fun Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, it's you know it's uh it's always interesting right around this this time for Thanksgiving because everybody wants to watch football, but there's so much football available, it's hard to find what you're actually going to watch and what's actually going to be entertaining. Yeah, the NFL has been so weird the last several years that it's just like, ah, let me get a good college game, hopefully. Right. Well, I mean, and, and now that there's three NFL games on, on Thursday, 
you know, and then Friday it's kind of like, let's go see random college football game that nobody really cares about. It used to always be what Texas and Texas A&M, like it was a big mm-hmm. game for them. Yep. Um, obviously Texas A&M ruined that by leaving. Um, Bunch of bums. I know. Gosh. So, you know, it, there used to be a lot of traditional big games in the Thanksgiving weekend that you could actually get, get behind. Now the big 12 just kind of throws some random game out there. I think one year Kansas played TCU, um, I think there was another year. You, you guys typically play the day after Thanksgiving, um, mm-hmm. but it's always some random opponent now, which is a little strange to see. But this year it happens to be Kansas hosting Senior Night or Senior Day um, on Black Friday at eleven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> probably hardly going to be anyone there. Um, obviously, the big news for Kansas this this week is that Les Miles got hired as the coach. That might pump a little bit of excitement back into. The program there, but uh, you know, are, are you guys expecting there to be anybody in the stands for for Texas? Like, are you concerned about there being maybe potentially a little bit of a home field advantage? It's it's such a weird situation because I think the the Texas fan base is still a little shook from what happened two years ago. Um, it, it was like the the internet meme of the century until uh, you guys beat TCU a few weeks ago. So uh, thanks for that. Um, well, and but, we will still continue to remind you that Kansas beat Texas football. So, I mean, it, it didn't make it go away. It just wasn't the most pressing thing anymore. It's it's often the blow when we were, when we were the only ones. It hurt, but now now there are other people in the club. Uh, uh, no, I I think the um, it's just such a weird situation. I'm not necessarily worried about the the home, the home field crowd just because it's been such a weird year for Kansas, kind of up and down. Um, but I think the thing I'm worried about is just there's so much riding on this game for Texas, and they've done this weird thing where they're they're they just show up about 15 minutes late to every road game. Uh, so the first couple of drives are just very very lackluster. Um, and with the talent that that Kansas has, specifically you know Puka Williams is obviously the, the brightest spot um, for you guys. With that level of talent, you can't. I mean, it's not. It's not where you can just roll your helmet out there and, and, and come out and expect to win. Yeah, I mean, and I think the biggest thing, I mean, obviously going back to that upset that they had two years ago, like that defense got a lot of turnovers, and that particular defense that year wasn't really that adept at getting turnovers. Mm-hmm. You know, how concerned are you with this defense? I mean, they they still have one of the biggest turnover margins in the nation. They are really good at finding turnovers and actually getting them. You know, they, they turned Oklahoma twi- to over twice last week. You know, they've pretty much done it to every single Big 12 opponent and turning the ball over and actually then capitalizing off of that. So how, how concerned are you of that, you know, they, that you guys roll into Lawrence and have another turnover-filled game, whether you guys win or lose? Uh, well, as far as interceptions go, I'm not, you know, that's the storyline for, for the quarterbacks is that Sam Ellinger hasn't thrown an interception since, since the Maryland debacle, whatever on God's green earth, that was. Um, I think the the thing for me that's that is going to be telling is whether or not the running backs are able to take care of the ball uh, as far as fumbles and whatnot. They've been good all year, and there's been a really really short leash on um, on a guy on any of the guys when they when they fumble. You basically for the rest of the game. So that's the thing that worries me. Trey Watson's not a fumble-prone guy. Keontae Ingram's not really a fumble-prone guy. It's why you haven't seen Tennille Carter all year. 
because that's his biggest issue, and he hasn't been able to take care of the ball. Uh, so the the fumbles are really what um, what what's the thing I'm going to keep an eye on? Because Sam Ellinger has done an incredible job this year of just taking what's there. Uh, he's been willing to throw the ball away, been willing to not throw the ball away while going down, which was an issue last year. Uh, so interceptions, probably not as much, but definitely fumbles are always something, um, especially on a road game, senior night, you know, trying to, there's going to be a lot of weight on this team because if the senior, if this game goes sideways, then this is a senior class that not only did not fulfill its promises to bring Texas back, but they lost to Kansas twice. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the, um, I guess that's, that's the big selling point in terms of Kansas fans is, you know, they want to be. Uh, the first, the first program to beat Texas, or the, I think there would actually be the first group of seniors, their outgoing seniors, that would have beat Texas twice at home when they were there at Kansas. Like, that's a, that's a big deal for them. And, you know, obviously with, with everything turning over with the new coach and everything, like, this is a chance for them to make a stamp on their legacy here. Um, you know, they, they upset Texas once, they have an opportunity to do it again because, you know, even though Texas is, is clearly the better team overall, they, you know, Kansas has been playing really well on defense and we saw what spurred them to, you know, a win last time was mm-hmm. a really, really good defense and then a cup, a, a competent offense. Um, the, the Kansas offensive line is getting a lot better so that, you know, guys like, like Puka can, can really get out there and run. Um, even Peyton Bender, who's honestly been pretty bad this year, <laughs> was was looking like a, a decent quarterback against Oklahoma. I don't know how much of that is Oklahoma's defense is just horrible, um, or how much of that is you know Kansas is actually improving on, on on offense just a little bit too late. But like I think going into this game, you know, if if uh, now that we've seen that upset a couple of years ago. We've got the same type of recipe now for that sort of upset again. So, so I guess the big money question is, how worried are you about Kansas actually being able to pull off this upset? Uh, I would say I'm feeling like it's a for me, it's fifty fifty. Now, I am the most pessimistic sports fan you'll ever meet, simply because I've spent the last thirty years of my life being a Miami Dolphins fan, and it's nothing but pain and disappointment. Oh, um, so. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, so I, it's a 50-50 shot for me. I think, in, and this is just kind of the state of affairs, if Texas comes out and plays well, if it plays up to, to the standard that it did a week ago if it, against Iowa State, or as it's shown in the past, I think Texas probably can win this by a couple of scores. If they come out and play like they did the last time they were in the state of Kansas against Kansas State, it gets real sticky real fast. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that there's a huge, you know, wide span of, of possible outcomes for this game. Um, mm-hmm. Partly, I think, just because of what Kansas has shown, and partly because Texas has shown that they they do take plays and they take entire games off at times. It hasn't really come back to bite them in, in a lot of cases, but it, it definitely has the ability to. Um, you know, obviously, Big 12 championship is on the line here, being able to go to the championship game. Um, I, I want to kind of pivot a little bit over to the championship race as a whole. How um, were you surprised by any of the teams in contention? I know that Iowa State got off to a really slow start and was, was able to make a late charge. Um, you know that was obviously a huge win for you guys last time. But other than maybe Iowa State, are you are you surprised at all about how any, how any teams have actually performed in the Big Twelve this year? Uh, I mean, I think the biggest surprise for me is that TCU has got awful. Um, I think that's that's been. I always anticipate TCU being in the conversation. Um, right. I think 
the the crazy thing is I think the 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 floor in the Big Twelve is continuing to raise, um, especially with what's going on in Kansas and, and what Kansas State may be trending downward, but we'll see what happens with Snyder after the season. Uh, but I think the the floor in the Big Twelve is rising, so I think each and every year it's going to be a holy crap! How did they? How did that team jump into the title race? Because you can recruit and on any given Saturday, I mean, it's, it's going to be an offense fest. So I think when that happens in shootouts, anything can happen. So um, to answer your question shortly, I think biggest surprise for me was obviously TCU being the bottom feeder. Um, Iowa state being in the conversation up until last week was also moderately surprising just because there, there were questions at quarterback, uh, not questions, but necessarily, uh, you know, kept struggled early in the season and they made that switch to, uh, to Brock Purdy. So, but we all expected OU and West Virginia to be um, to be one and two, so that's not surprising at all. And I'm honestly surprised that Texas is in it a little bit. Now I thought Texas would be a team that had something to say as far as you know they beat a team that they that were maybe a little bit better than them. But the fact that if Texas can win against Kansas on Saturday, um, they're in. That's that is surprising to me. Yeah, I was a little surprised by it, especially when you guys started the year losing to Maryland again. Like mm-hmm. a team that was in complete disarray that actually has turned out to be a little, a little bit better, I think, than most people thought they were going to be. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was surprising to start off the year like that and then <laughs> come back from that and have the kind of year you guys are having. Um, you know, how much, how much of that, or I guess which, which guys on your team have, do you think have developed the most in this year that have made that, that kind of thing possible? I think the biggest the biggest jump is offensive line. I think last year it was it was a unit that was being held together by bubblegum and, and prayers. Um, and so obviously, if your offensive line, if you're six people deep on the offensive line, it's it's just atrocious. Uh, Calvin Anderson was a big addition. Uh, Sam Cosme has come in and played really really well on the opposite side of Calvin Anderson. So bookending that offensive line. Um, you know, the, the continuity at center has been incredible, but I think the biggest story obviously is Sam Ellinger's development because a year ago he was the guy that would, that would win you the game with a ridiculous play or lose you the game with a ridiculous play. And now he's eliminated a lot of those ridiculous game losing plays. You know, you looked at Oklahoma state last year, you looked at uh, USC last year, both of those were games that were decided on a Sam Ellinger late turnover. Um, so his, his development, his ability to, um, Game manager always sounds like such a negative thing, but he's he's played like a guy who knows what the offensive system is. He knows where his role is, and he's going to make all the plays he has to in the system. Uh, and you can't overlook the contributions of like the senior transfer Trey Watson at running back. He's been huge. He's given a lot of consistency at that running back spot that was kind of lackluster at best a year ago. Uh, so I think that kind of that that offensive core piece really just. The offense in general, that was the conversation last year, was if that de- last year's defense had a competent offense, then they would have competed a year ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, I guess I, I want to jump next to the quarterback, uh, Ellinger, because, you know, there was a lot of questions surrounding him. I think he's been overall better than people have really expected. Um, I mean, it, has it been like the light just, you know, clicked on for him at some point or has this been like a slow and steady progression that people have just missed so from from one week to another it was almost night and day from from maryland to um from maryland to to the tulsa game which is our, our second week game where he had um you know he had two 
bad turnovers late in Maryland that essentially lost the game for Texas. I mean, granted, you shouldn't be in that tight of a game with Maryland anyways, but that's another conversation. Uh, so I think, honestly, he was just able to get out of his own head really quickly. One of the best things that happened to him was that uh, in the off, in the off, in the week between the two games, Tom Herman basically said, don't look over your shoulder. We're not looking to replace you. Um, and he's come out and played with confidence that you didn't see before. And I think his development in the offseason has really been just playing within the offense and playing the game that fits his style. Um, he's able to tuck it and run when he needs to. He's able to scramble not to run the ball, but to create space in the passing game. I think that's probably been the biggest addition is that last year he was a one read and run quarterback. And now he'll scramble. He'll, he'll roll out. He'll reset the pocket and try to find an open receiver. It doesn't hurt uh, his production that little Jordan Humphrey basically can turn a three yard drag route into a 90 yard touchdown pass with ease. So that has also helped his production quite a bit, but he's basically producing on a level that Texas hasn't seen with the quarterback since Colt McCoy. Yeah. So real quick, one thing, uh, well, actually I'm, I'm going to, I was about to pivot somewhere and I'll jump back to that later. Uh, Puka Williams, obviously electric running back. You can make an argument. He's one of the best running backs in the nation, honestly, with what he's been able to show um, just in terms of how explosive he is. How does Texas handle a guy like that? Yeah, you know, I think it all starts with, with Chris Nelson. He's been, um, He's been a bit up and down this year. You know, we got a little spoiled last year with Puna Ford basically shutting down the A-gaps in the center of the defense. I think that's, that'll be a big a big test is whether or not the middle of that defense is able to hold up, you know, with, with Anthony Wheeler and Gary Johnson there, Malcolm Roach kind of coming in uh, from the side. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Texas has done a really good job of actually bottling up most runners. They've only allowed 200 yard rushers this season, if I recall my stats correctly. Um, and one of them was Kyler Murray and that ridiculous comeback effort uh, in Dallas. So I, I think the, the run defense hasn't been the question mark for Texas. They've been pretty stout at the point of attack. Uh, Charles Amanda, who's got an NFL future. Uh, Chris Nelson's probably like a CFL guy that you're like, holy crap, he's still playing in Canada. Uh, so I think that that'll be interesting. What, what, is going to hurt, I think, Texas is if Puka can crack off one or two big runs and the play action is there and the um, the defensive backs have had some trouble with their eye discipline. So I think that's going to be an issue. Uh, Puka can crack off a couple of big runs, uh, force the, the, uh, the defensive backs to play, you know, good eye football. That'll, that'll be something that worries me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to have a, a very interesting matchup there just – um, you know, with how with how much Puka can get out there and be explosive, I'm interested to see who they're going to throw at him to, to to try to stop him. I'm also interested to see if Beatty is actually able to get him to move around enough to to be able to you know take advantage of some of the mismatches that he can have moving all over the field. So, mm-hmm. um, last final thing that I wanted to ask you about um, in terms of Texas specifically, Brick and Hager um, got got uh, <laughs> reprimanded this this week for saying that OU sucks and that their defense is horrible. Um, first of all, how how ridiculous do you think that is? Uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty telling that the Big 12 officials were able to screw up a call um when nobody was playing. That's pretty Big 12. Um it's 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 just ridiculous. The fact that OU players are coming out and saying like this is ridiculous, uh it shows you how how dumb it is, I think. Um it's crazy, and I said this on our podcast, that we hold 
players' conduct to a higher standard than we're currently holding professional players and uh, and coaches in a lot of situations that they're that the the amateur air quotes players standard of conduct is pretty high, uh, higher than the coaches in, in the professional ranks. Uh, but I think, I mean, he's, a, he's a senior captain, so he should know better. Uh, but it is pretty, pretty weak sauce. That, that was the reaction from the conference. Well, I, I think it's funny too, because like, if, if this was said by a professional player, you know, it would be, Oh man, you know, rivalry in the media that shows, you know, how much they, they really hate each other. And, but, but that's perfectly fine. You know, yeah. I just, I think, I think it's ridiculous that they, you know, you can't say anything that's even rivalry related about another player or another team. It's not even like he called out an individual player or, you know, mm-hmm. had personal attacks or anything like that. He literally just said the one thing that everybody's thinking every single week is that OU's defense sucks. It really does. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, that was a big part of why Kansas was able to do what they were able to do last week. And yeah. it got exposed on national television and everybody's talking about it to expect that a, a player isn't able to, you know, give the same sentiment that everybody else is, especially when it's their biggest rival. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. You are talking about college kids here. So, all right. So I guess final thought, we, we kind of shied away from it earlier um, when we were getting really, really close to it, but I, I do want to go ahead and get your actual prediction for the game. How, how do you think the game is going to shake out? You know, um, do you think that Kansas is going to be able to run up a bunch of yards again like they did uh, last week against Oklahoma? Um, I mean, like, what do you what do you ultimately see happening here? Well, I can openly say that the OU defense sucks um, of course. without any sort of fear of reprimand. So I, I don't anticipate Kansas putting up 40 on the Texas defense. I think it's probably – they'll be able to – I think they'll be able to probably three scores feels more uh, fair just because, again, there's probably going to be a breakdown in coverage at some point. Uh, whether that's Chris uh, Chris Boyd or PJ Locke, kind of those two guys have struggled a bit uh, on the road specifically this year. Um, so I think it's probably a 21, 21 points from from Kansas, and I guess I'd say probably thirty five twenty one feels right to me in favor of Texas. Um, but again, no, nothing is off the table for in, at least in my mind. Yeah, the one thing that I can say is I don't see this being a defensive battle. Like I think. If Kansas gets going again on defense and can have a bunch of turnovers, like I could see them holding Texas to maybe 21, 27, somewhere in that range. But, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be like a, you know, 17, 14 battle or anything like that. No. Um, not only that, you know, I mean, while I do know that the Texas defense is better than Oklahoma's defense, I don't think that they're going to have a good answer for Puka. Um, mm-hmm. especially when they can counter, you know, they, they can have that, that one, two punch with a guy like Khalil Herbert, who isn't necessarily like a bruising back, but he can definitely get in there and, and cause some problems there. Um, you know, kind of a more up the gut, you know, straight in your face type of runner. So there's going to be some problems, I think with mismatches for, for Texas as they have to heavily game plan to stop Puka Williams. I'm mm-hmm. still waiting for Kansas to have both Khalil Herbert and Williams on the field at the same time. And try to use that to their advantage. I, I don't know why they haven't done it yet. I'm hoping that maybe they decide to break it out. That Beatty decides to do whatever he can to just kind of confuse everybody and, and go out on a high note. So I'm really hoping to see that. I'm not super optimistic about it, though. I, I have to agree with you. I do think that Texas ends up winning this game. I do think, though, that Kansas will scare them a lot. It'll be mm. close going into the fourth quarter. I'm seeing, I think, probably somewhere in the range of like 31, 27, somewhere in there. So it'll be a nail biter coming down. Everyone's going to be talking about how, you know, t- Tom Herman said that the culture had changed and that win was so long ago and it wasn't going to affect anything. But, uh, you know, it's, it's 
everyone's gonna gonna be ready for it and it's gonna be let down when it doesn't happen in the end. So yeah. All right. I'm, well, go ahead. I was saying, I'm, I'm just interested to see if it really was 50 years ago or if you know guys like Patrick Vahe and Charles Amena who, who are super pissed after that last game uh, if they show some some extra emotion on Saturday. Yeah, and and that's true. I mean, I could also see it kind of hurt working against them though if they if they let mm-hmm. that get in their head too much and try yep. to push a little too much, they could end up doing something that's going to cause Kansas to get a huge advantage. Like if I, I think if, if the turnovers get started, it could very easily snowball out of control for Texas. Um, oh, but one I thing I will say about the Longhorns in the few games that I've watched is they get, you know, they, they tend to go on streaks. They get really emotional when things are going well and they tend to compound that way just because everybody's fired up. And if things start to go bad, they tend to lose their composure a little bit at times and that can make it snowball pretty quickly. Um, they, they've gotten lucky, I think, a few times that the, the teams that they're facing haven't been able to take advantage of that. I think Kansas's defense is something, is, is one that could, assuming yeah. that they can actually get that first roll, you know, there and, and get it started. So I think that's ultimately what it's going to come down to. It's not a matter of who's more talented because I think it's definitely Texas. Um, yeah. it's, it's a matter of can Kansas start that momentum and then seize it and ride that to a bunch of turnovers and, you know, send, send David Beatty out on a win. All right. Well, thanks again for joining me. Um, where can the people find you online? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodridge, and you can follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. I'm not sure how that was available when we launched the show two years ago, but I'm glad it's there. So, uh, yeah, at Longhorn Pod and at GH Goodridge is where you can find me. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I actually went – We we've been operating under uh, – because – you know, I, I, I'm also over at, uh, Rock Talk Talk, which is the, the, the SB Nation site for, for the Jayhawks. And when I decided to create my own po- podcast Twitter and all that, I was shocked to find out that Rock Talk podcast had not been taken by anybody. Um, you know, and this has been years and years that a lot of these other ones have going and nobody had taken that one yet. So I was shocked to be able to grab that. I actually just grabbed that a few months ago and it was really, really surprising. So it's, it's weird what you can find out on Twitter that's still available for things like this. So that's a major coup. I like it. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, once again, thank you for joining me. Um, best of luck on Friday, but not too much luck because I, I would like to see Kansas win. So <laughs> all right. Oh, I appreciate that. All right. Have a good one. You too. Man. All right. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Big, big Thanksgiving uh, sentiments for me here, though. You know, I'm really glad you guys are are still listening to the podcast. It was, it's been great to give you guys all these great episodes. I love being able to to talk about the Jayhawks and then share my thoughts with everybody. So, um, you know, great on this Thanksgiving to be able to do that, and get a great episode out for you guys, so you can be ready for the game tomorrow. Um, you know, big, big Thanksgiving uh, greetings from me here at the Rock Chalk Podcast and. Uh, I won't recap all the action that's coming up. We did that on the last episode. So if, if you really want to know, just go back and listen to the last episode, uh, the very end of it. So um, but once again, thank you guys so much for, for listening. To the, listening, uh, you know, jump, uh, find us on iTunes. Uh, you can email us rocktalkpodcast at gmail.com, you know, on Twitter at rocktalkpod. Again, please do find us on iTunes, rate, subscribe, uh, give us a review, all that fun stuff. I will see you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.